Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. I'm presenting a verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of John, and this is the 50th program in this series. I'm presently in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, where Jesus is giving the parable of the shepherd. In verse 6, this is John chapter 10, verse 6, Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Now, this does not mean that none of them understood. It just meant that, in general, people did not understand. And what I was explaining in the previous program was that the reason for the division between those people who believed in Jesus and those who did not believe in Jesus was because... There were some people who were willing to acknowledge the truth, and there were other people who did not want to experience the consequences of acknowledging the truth. And so people did understand if they wanted to understand, but most of the people did not understand because they did not want to understand. Now, Jesus was using this parable in order to describe the difference between himself and and all of the other religious leaders in Israel, and that the people really needed to make a decision. They really needed to choose if they were going to follow him or if they were going to follow others. Now, the way that God defined the initial relationship between himself and Israel as a whole, the way he defined this relationship was through the Mosaic Law. And this was a law that was established in order to define a relationship between him as their God and them as his people. It was a collective relationship between God and the collective of the nation. What was taking place was that there were individual teachers who were trying to define individual relationships between themselves and the people, the people of God. Now, the Mosaic Law was not about individual relationships. It was about a relationship between himself and the collective. And so what the rabbis were doing was that they were adding to the definition that God established. They were adding to that so that they could include themselves as the leader, as the rabbi, as the person who would guide and lead people on an individual basis. So other people became dependent on the religious leaders in Israel to show them the additional ways of life that the people needed to live by so that by default they would never violate the Mosaic Law. But the side effect of this was the individual relationships. Now, the purpose of this was so that there could be success. The purpose of this was to find a way so that the people would not sin. It was a way to restrain the flesh. From the people's point of view, there were only two ways of life. 
there was the life of the indulgence of the flesh, or there is the way of life of the restraint of the flesh. Now, this resulted in a dependency between the people and the religious leaders. And this dependency had nothing to do with what God defined in the Mosaic Law or why he defined the Mosaic Law. We know that there are many reasons why God defined the Mosaic Law in the way that he did, but one of the important reasons was to demonstrate that there was no way that anyone could restrain their flesh to the extent or to the satisfaction of God so that they could declare themselves to be righteous before God and have a claim in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of heaven. That was one of the reasons why God gave the law, and this was how Jesus used the law when he was conducting his ministry to show people that there was no way that they would enter into the kingdom of heaven by their righteousness, by their repentance, by their obedience, that they would never be able to assert a claim before God that they had a right to the kingdom of God, to be with him throughout all eternity. But the religious leaders were asserting that they could, that they could do so through the lifestyle that the religious leaders had defined. Now, a consequence of this approach of the religious leaders that began with their own personal pursuit to be righteous, what happened next was that they began to teach others how to be righteous And now the consequence of that was that the people were living in a dependent relationship on the religious leaders. And in this context, it really didn't matter too much who your rabbi was, who your religious leader was, because at this time in history, they had found ways to come to a general agreement with regards to what this lifestyle was supposed to look like. But when Jesus asserted himself as unique, as different, then the decision really was, are you going to follow any of the other rabbis, or are you going to follow Jesus? It's either Jesus or them, them or Jesus, and this is what was going on at this time in history in Jesus' ministry, and this is when he presented this parable, the parable of the shepherd. Now, as I explained in the previous program, by default, what happens is that the religious leaders, they draw people to themselves. And Jesus expresses this as an act of theft because the people do not belong to these religious leaders. But because of the way that these religious leaders add something to what God defined and they add the need for a dependency on the religious leaders for proper guidance and instruction and oversight, through doing that, they define a dependency that is outside of the boundaries of what God intended. The religious leaders should have been properly discipling and directing the people to have a personal, individual relationship with God, not with them. And they failed to do so, to direct them to the true shepherd, the real king of Israel, the Messiah himself, our true high priest. And because they rejected Jesus as the Messiah, they obviously are not going to do that. And that's one of the reasons why they would not accept 
Jesus as the Messiah because they would have to give up their influence over the sheep. Now, at this time in history, the Pharisees were not receiving direct compensation for teaching the scriptures. The priests were receiving direct compensation for the services that they provided in the temple. But the Pharisees, the rabbis of that time, were not. They would receive indirect compensation. Indirect compensation because of their reputation, because of the relationships that they would build and they would have with other people. They would have an advantage when it came to the competition of obtaining work in the community. So they did obtain work, and this was an indirect compensation for their role in the society. But it was not direct compensation. In our modern age today, in general, you will find people receiving direct compensation. The pastors, preachers, ministers, and the priests of today, they receive direct compensation for their role in people's lives. Being the head of the church, being the pastor over a group of people, they receive direct compensation. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that at all that for them to be effective to the extent that they are, they need to be able to devote the necessary amount of time in order to accomplish the tasks that the people would like them to accomplish, that these leaders are wanting to accomplish. If you would like to support what they are doing, then you should certainly do that. A person can be much more effective when they are specialized in terms of what they are doing with their time if they are specialized in the context that this is what they do, this is what they focus on, then they can certainly be much more effective. And, of course, there should be ways of measuring the effectiveness on how they are contributing to the faith of other people. But in general, what the Pharisees were doing back at this time during the Lord Jesus, what they were doing in the sense that they were adding to what God defined, So also today, there are many religious leaders who are adding to what God defined. And the more that you understand the gospel and the new covenant and the inheritance that you have in Christ, the more that you grow and understand what the relationship truly is between you and the living God, the easier it will be to be able to identify how the religious leaders in your particular community, in your particular part of the world, you will be able to identify how they are adding to what God defined in the new covenant so that by default they draw sheep directly to them. And the objective of the people today is the same as the objective was for the people back during the time when Jesus was conducting his ministry. The religious leaders wanted people to hear them. They wanted the people to hear their voice. They wanted to be the leaders of the people. They wanted to fulfill the role that Jesus describes as the shepherd, that Jesus wanted people to hear him. He wanted people to follow him. So also the religious leaders wanted people to hear them and follow them. In order to accomplish that, in many ways, they have to contribute something. They have to offer something, something in addition to what God defined. By default, that tends to be the case. 
the objective of the religious leaders back then was to help people to restrain their flesh. Again, the options were that a person would live by the indulgence of the flesh outside of the Mosaic law, or they would live by the restraint of the flesh using the Mosaic law. Today, it's the exact same thing. In general, people perceive that you are going to live by the indulgence of your flesh, or you're going to live by the restraint of the flesh. And to live by the restraint of the flesh, we have a variety of different religious leaders and institutions who have their own definition of what is good and evil and how you live for the restraint of your flesh. And if you feel that one group is a little bit too restrictive, then you can go down the street or down the block or a mile away perhaps, and you can find another religious leader who won't be as restrictive. Or the other way around, if you feel that your pastor is not being restrictive enough in terms of how he is discipling people and what he requires of his people and in his congregation, it's likely that you can find someone else who will be more restrictive and they will add some additional requirements and expectations and oversight and accountability and these kinds of things for the pursuit of the restraint of the flesh. But Jesus was offering something totally different. What he was presenting to the people had nothing to do with the indulgence of the flesh or the restraint of the flesh. It was a different kind of relationship that was defined by a new covenant that had to do with being the recipient of the inheritance of God, the inheritance of Christ, because you would become a new creation You would become a child of God, and he would give to you what you would genuinely have a need for in order to live your life, in order to grow to know him as a person, that there would be a new relationship defined according to your spirit, according to the needs of your spirit, needs such as love and acceptance, meaning and purpose, patience, kindness, Those kinds of things for which there is no law. This was about an individual relationship with God that was never available to the people before through the definition that God provided through Moses. This was something entirely different that would address the needs of the spirit. And this is what Jesus is describing in an abstract way by speaking about the pasture. The pasture that the shepherd would lead the sheep to. The pasture is not the list of commandments. The pasture is the new individual relationship based on the inheritance that you receive as a child of God, according to the will of God that went into effect after he died. This was a whole new thing. This was a completely different kind of relationship. So going back to Chapter 10, verse 1, the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 1, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. And indirectly, Jesus is speaking about all of the religious leaders back then who were not relating to the people in the context that God defined either in the Old Covenant and 
that he will define when the new covenant goes into effect. And it's the same thing today. The same thing you have a lot of people who Jesus would consider to be robbers and thieves because they are not going to the sheep in the way that God defined through the new covenant. And the more you understand about the new covenant, the more you will be able to identify these errors and these differences, and you'll be able to recognize someone who is not a legitimate shepherd of God, but this is considered to be a thief and a robber who is trying to obtain sheep for himself personally. In verse 2, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The door in the sense that there is a distinctive door, there is a definitive door, there is a definitive way, and it has nothing to do with these other ways that everyone else is defining. The one who goes through the door is the only one who can get through the door because it is the only one who the door will permit entrance within and through, and that is Jesus. In verse 3, to him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Now, later on, you're going to see Jesus states that he is the door. And in this context, through the new covenant that he invokes, through the crucifixion and the resurrection, we gain access to the living God directly as a person. And the living God will speak to us by name and lead us out and lead us back in. That is a truth that we know according to the new covenant. Jesus also is the shepherd who fulfills this. The way that this is recognized is by understanding that Jesus is God. Jesus is God manifested in the flesh, but he has revealed himself in multiple ways so that we can understand him a little bit at a time and not be totally overwhelmed by the enormous nature that he has. So he refers to himself as the shepherd. He refers to himself as the door. He can refer to himself as the doorkeeper because these are small ways that we can understand him a little bit at a time. Continuing into verse 4, And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And this is what I was describing earlier, that the religious leaders wanted people to follow them. They wanted people to know their voice. It's the same thing today, no different. There are religious leaders who want you to follow them. They want you to know their voice. Now, people can certainly have a positive role in your life by leading you, by using their voice. There's nothing evil about that inherently. But the objective of it needs to be so that you can grow in your relationship with the living God. You will know him. You will grow to know his voice. You will follow him. That is the objective. It is not to create a dependent relationship on some religious leader, which is what most religious leaders are trying to accomplish. Continuing into verse 5, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. That would be those sheep who have matured well enough 
that they know the voice of their God, then of course it's easy for them to flee from those who they should flee from, who would be considered to be strangers in this context. Again, in verse 6, Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke. Some of them would, but not all of them. And it's the same thing today. Some will understand this, but not everyone will understand this. I'll tell you, the people who will not understand this are the people who would prefer to have a dependent relationship on a pastor, on a priest, on some minister, on some person, more than they would like to have a dependent relationship on Jesus. And there are many reasons why people will prefer that. But those are the people who will not understand this because they don't want to understand this. Because for them, it's not about the truth. It's about what are the consequences that they will have to endure if they believe the truth. That is why people will not understand today just as they would not understand back then. Moving forward to verse 7, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Now, in saying that he is the door does not mean that he's not the shepherd. It just means that he is going to use this parable in order to describe who he is using the parts of the parable. The objective is so that people may know him, may know him as a person, and they have an opportunity to get to know him more and more through these small descriptions by understanding them a little bit at a time. Now, his reference of the door is to say that he is the only way to have a personal relationship with the living God. In this abstraction, it would be saying that he is the only way that a person can have a personal relationship with the true good shepherd, which is the living God himself, that Jesus could easily refer to as the Father. Jesus is also a shepherd in addition to being a door. He describes this later, which is to say, by default, indirectly, that he just so happens to be God, manifested in the flesh, speaking to them personally in a way that he gives them the option to choose if the truth is more important than the consequences of believing the truth. In verse 8, All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Everyone who came before him is a thief and a robber in the sense that they did not go in to establish and define a proper relationship with people according to the new covenant. The new covenant that would provide for salvation and an individual relationship with the living God. Jesus is the only one who ever accomplished that and there will be no other. And so it's not only all of those who came before him, but it is also all of those who have come after him. And he says, but the sheep did not hear them. Well, that would occur when people are born again by the Spirit of God. They become a child of God. They grow and mature and they learn the voice of their God. Then by default, they will reject the thieves and the robbers, specifically 
those people who are not properly directing the sheep to have a personal, individual, dependent relationship with their God according to the new covenant that God defined. In verse 9, Jesus states, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Jesus directly states that salvation can only be experienced through him. And the pasture that he refers to is not about a life of either indulging the flesh or restraining the flesh. This is a life about the spirit and being able to find the proper food for the spiritual needs that you have to fulfill the needs in the depth of your heart that only your God can do for you personally because he created you in such a way that only he can meet the deepest needs of your heart. And I will continue into verse 10 in the next program. Thank you for listening. This is the 50th program in the verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of John. In this program, I was in John chapter 10, verses 7 through 9. This is an explanation of the parable that Jesus gave concerning the shepherd. Jesus is giving an explanation so that if a person wants to understand what Jesus was intending to say, then they have an opportunity to understand the truth that Jesus is conveying by using this parable. He speaks of himself as the door, as the door through which people can enter or exit from their life into the pasture where God will provide all that a person has a need for, for life and godliness, to meet the deepest needs of their heart. This was an invitation for people to believe in Jesus as their shepherd. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 383-53, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net Thank you,